All right, welcome back to the Different Spectrums Podcast. If you haven't listened to our show before, we have conversations around mental health and we dabble in humor. Yeah. <laughs> we also try to help people understand, identify, and normalize their emotions from movies and shows, specifically certain scenes. You probably already watched these movies and shows, but we're going to use a different perspective and one could say, hey, Different spectrum. Less toys. Is having a seizure. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to introduce my co-host. He's our licensed clinical therapist, lover of all plushies. This is a new what one. he's doing. Yeah, I see that. You're really I'm showing him all. <laughs> it's Nazir, everybody. Hello, people. Welcome back. Hopefully, y'all been enjoying the pods lately. Since January first, they've been getting a little bit deeper. Deep, deep, deep. Until next week when we do the dodgeball one, then it's gonna go kind of sideways. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, oh, all right, they're doing another another thing here. Nice. Yep. Uh, and of course, I'm your other co-host for the show, Spencer. Yep. Um, uh. uh Today, we're taking a look at two scenes from The Longest Yard. Um, if you haven't seen The Longest Yard, it's about a quarterback who goes to prison and he is tasked with coming up with a team to have the prisoners go against the guards. That's that's the movie. You're like, well, is that it? Yeah, but you know what? It's hilarious. Uh, and in the first thing that we're going to watch... Um, this is where they break in, like him, Adam Sandler, the quarterback, breaks into uh, the, I don't know, was it like a database or something like that? Yeah. and Something like that. And uh, they're trying to find all the, all the five-star, the badasses of the prison so they can join the team and beat up the guards pretty much. Yes. Um, and of course... Chris Rock finds out what his star rating is. It's not good. It's not, it's not good. No, he's not seen no. as a threat. No. And so in this scene, we, there you talk about uh, masculinity and getting your rep up. Mm-hmm. Things you all got to worry about in prison. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. make sure all the things. The biggest man on campus. <laughs> got to be big. Um, and then the second scene, this is actually going to have a trigger warning around it. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin is in the movie. And um, so Nellie joins Adam Sandler's team and they're trying to intimidate uh, Nellie so that he will like hit them and he won't be able to play. And so Stone Cold says some very hurtful racist things, I would say. There'll be some slurs. Yeah, Yeah, some slurs. And so... um, yeah, just a little bit of trigger warning for that one. And, I mean, for that scene, we're mainly just going to be talking about people trying to, you know, get you to go off the deep end or trying to, you know, get you to go to some place where you don't even want to be. They have um, to stir you up, to gaslight you. Yes, and, uh, exactly. We'll talk about how people of color kind of have to handle some of these things uh, yes. in the workplace or maybe with friends. And it's probably not going to be as overt as this scene. 
where they're like saying yeah. the n-word at him but it's gonna it'll be other small microaggressive things true um so yeah so we're checking those things out nazir anything before we get into the clips uh same old same old uh keep following the uh, socials uh instagram and the tiktok uh with subscribers are slowly going up up and up uh instagram tiktok slowly going up up and up we appreciate all the feedback that we got uh last year hopefully all the quality of the pods and audio of the pods will be much better now moving forward since we got everything figured out and new stuff so we're really excited to move forward in the month of february and on uh february will be our anniversary february february yeah, end of February is pretty much when we started recording. Wow, seems like it's gone so fast. It's gone so by fast. fast as hell. Yeah. Yeah, we started recording at the end of February. That's crazy. And then we started releasing mid-March. Uh, and then, you know, that was it. Releasing mid-March. And then we got real serious about it in June after our vacation in May. Yes. Yes, we did. Wow, that's crazy. That's why quick, man. It really does. Yeah. Be dead soon. Hopefully not. <laughs> oh, let's see. <laughs> I'm going to my bus. <laughs> I don't even take the bus. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, if you could bring down a bus on me, please. <laughs> I'm tired of going to work. Okay. <laughs> Uh yeah, let's check it out. Let's get into the scene. Whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. Ain't you guys glad you got a black man for a friend? Hell yeah. Come on. Okay. Hazen has a rating system for every con. What's three stars? The more prone to violence that the inmate is, the more stars he gets. Five stars is the max. I didn't know that. Yeah. Let's see how many stars my maniacal ass got. Wow. Well, half a star, that's gotta be a mistake. Check it again, check it again. You're about as maniacal as a box full of kittens. Come on, that's not funny, man. I'm I'm gonna have to stab somebody or something and get my rep up. Why don't we have a maniacal pillow fight tonight? That could get it up, so. Yeah, we could sell it to pay-per-view. Superstar versus half a star. Why don't you shut up before I slit your throat and watch the dust come out? Come on, guys. We only got a couple minutes. How about this guy? Damn, this fool got the chair three times. Ain't died yet. Well, we may not have the most talented team, but we will definitely have the meanest. Any books you'd recommend? Inmate? No, sir. Not much of a reader. Oh, come on now, maggot. I've seen you in here reading before. You requested this detail, isn't that right? Nah. It's a quiet time I like, sir. Maybe you'd like to read this. What the hell kind of bullshit book is that? It's historical, sir. Now, why would he want to read a book about a four-eyed nigger? Does the N-word offend you, nigger? No, sir. Oops. Sorry about that. You mind fetching these books for me, boy? 
Just pick them up, put them on the table. There you go. You forgot one. Bet you'd like to hit us, huh? Hit you, sir? Nah. Y'all my friends. The keys up. Can't complete a passer. Megan can't run the ball every play. Oh, no, coach. What the hell is he smiling at? This better be on up and up. I guarantee it. Let's do this shit. That goes the neighborhood. Oh, I'll never get the play. All right, and we're back. So, just want to fill in a little bit more context into the uh, the scenes that we saw. Uh, the first one, they went into the record system and they wanted to. Um, find the meanest and toughest people in the prison so that they could have a intimidating team, right? Um, they had the intimidating factor, but they still needed that athleticism, the superstars. Um, so they tried to they tried to get the brothers to play. Um, but yep. unfortunately they didn't. And then that's where we jumped to the scene with Nelly, because um, then he joined, he actually does join the team. Um, and the guards find out that he's like ridiculously fast and talented. Um, and so um, then the guards try to intimidate him into um, doing something so that they he can get kicked off of the team um, or even just, you know, put into like solitary or something like that. Yep. And, um, and so then we have that scene happen and we see Michael Irvin and um, Terry Crews uh, come to the aid of Nelly um, and help him out. And then now they kind of understand that um, that they need to help out the team, not only to beat the guards, but then to also kind of have everybody come together for this thing called football. Yep. Uh, come together for so football. Yeah. Beat up yeah. the guards just in general, maybe get some self respect back uh, yeah. for the racism and, then, and just the abuse. It's not just a physical beat down, it's a mental beat down for the guards, too, because they think they're the top dogs. So bring them down right after that, playing them mm -hmm. in football, beating them. So, yep. yeah. All right. So, first reactions to the scenes. 
this is like my one of my childhood movies this is like right when i want to say like middle school or something like that maybe it came out i think i was like maybe 11 that makes sense maybe if you maybe it was middle school for you and then high school for me i feel yeah i think so um but yeah this was one of my favorite movies especially you know when you're playing football and you just the music the just all the players just coming together and everything like that. Nelly scene where he's like, we're not going to show this in here, but for one of our reels, when he's running. Real. Yeah. So when he's running, you just want to be a running back and run all over the place and all that. When Michael Irvin goes up, grabs the ball, you're like, Moss. I want to do that. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And I want um, to be Swatowski when he's like lifting all the benches and oh, stuff yeah. like that. He's just super strong yeah. and yeah. <laughs> You teach me the football? You teach me football? He was so kind. <laughs> Let's be honest. If there's a neurodivergent yes. character, he's neurodivergent in the show. I'd say that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, but yeah, um love it. Love the fact that they brought back Burt Reynolds um from the first oh, iteration of the longest yard. And um so for this first scene, we always try especially in prison but we can take it to just you know just regular life yeah let's take um, a regular life yep yeah regular life we're all for at least for men we're always trying to one-up ourselves somehow in our masculinity um i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing personally because i think I, I think competition is a good thing um until it gets too toxic and you're just you're cheating everybody into being more masculine. Um, we've been having that problem for a while where people think like, oh, these big muscles are going to make me more masculine and everything like that. That's going to make me a real man. At the end of the day, it's not. But then once you see caretaker, he's like one of the realest guys there in the prison. One of the realest guys takes care of everybody, hence his name. And that half a star doesn't really say about his character it just has to say for what he hasn't done in prison yeah he's just not a violent individual it doesn't degrade yeah, or demean his who he is as a man but right i mean he was embarrassed about it and so then he's like shit i yeah. want to stab somebody or something like you yeah. know all the other characters that are on that list they're like legit like kind of kind of crazy murderers yeah <laughs> yes uh yeah, it's intense. And so Caretaker is obviously not going to have a high rating on there. I think maybe right. a lot of people watching our podcast aren't going to have high ratings either. Uh, it's I not a thing. Not. Yeah. I hope not. But hey, if you do, we love you anyways. Don't stab me. Just don't do it. Please. Thank you. I'll stab you back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just going to let you stab me and then that's it. I'm going to stab right back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you first. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> wow. Um, God. Let's unpack the first scene first. What, what, what are your thoughts on the first scene? Uh, so I remember first watching that, man. We were saying that in the locker room all the time. Like, I'm going to have to do something. Mm. Shit. Ain't no one respecting me. I'm going to stab someone. I'm going to hit you in the back of the knee. Like, I'm going to blow your shit out now. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. People start messing with you in sports, man. And you're like, okay. Yeah. All right, you're going to get chopped black now. What? Well, you're going to be walking around with a fucking peg leg. 
Thanks. Yeah, that doesn't bring me back to senior year of football. Thank you. Appreciate you know, that. Someone chop blocked me and my knee people, popped. I don't see people trying to people try to muscle up on you. And I'm like, okay, I know how to change this up. Because if I go for your yes. knee one time, then you got to pull off the gas. Um, you know what? You offensive linemen are just ass people. You know that? Mm-hmm. I hate all of you. I've yep. always hated offensive you linemen. Be, you can't be don't mess with us now. We will go at your knee. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. You aim right at the crotch and you land at the knee. <laughs> Should have been a flag. It's fine. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Oh, well, I had a lot of flags. So um, <laughs> it was intense. Uh, so we were saying that all the time. Man, mm. I'm going to have to get my rep up or something. And I just think about how masculinity isn't necessarily a bad thing. I agree with what you said there. Um, but mm-hmm. what it's what it can lead into yeah the masculinity there's a lot of statistics and things showing and how it's actually killing a lot of men uh because right. we're not able to open up be vulnerable talk about mental health like this type of stuff unless we right. get really isolated and we don't talk so that's not this violent masculinity it's this right. i'm okay i'm fine i'm gonna take care of it and that's actually what's killing us um, right. it's also what leads us to treat other people a little bit more poorly to be more, a little bit more abusive, derogatory. It's what allows us to treat our uh, other men poorly or more violently or just not be more kind and empathetic, uh, which allows us to hurt women a little bit more because if we don't value our own selves, it's hard for us to value others. Uh, not all men, right. not all masculine men are going to be like that. I'm super yeah. masculine. Mm-hmm. And yet I have all this kindness and empathy and heart and emotionality to me. There's a bunch of big folk that are super masculine Mm. that are awesome, awesome humans. And so sometimes that stigma of being more masculine or being more muscular or wearing like a flannel and shit and cowboy boots or whatever, like lumberjack kind of style for the white guys watching, Mm. listening, (laughs) there's a stigma with it. Or if you got a fish on your Tinder profile or a deer, like you're going to be labeled as masculine. Yeah. It's true. A lot of women don't like that. If you have a fish or a deer carcass on your profile, left. Yep. And I'm telling you, man, uh, I met some really awesome people that are my country friends and stuff like that, my farming friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's a different type of masculinity. The masculinity we're talking about is the currency of violence. Mm. That currency of violence is what we're seeing with a lot of these murder sprees and shooting sprees. And, you know, I'll take your life. I'll be a five-star, go to prison, uh, because that's who I am. Like, don't push me. I'll push the button, and I'll end it and end all of you. That masculinity is intense. That violent masculinity is intense, and the one that makes us isolate, not be vulnerable, is intense. And then finally, when we do find... This is what happens with a lot of relationships, men and Mm. women. As a therapist, you'll get them to open up and talk about some feelings or emotions or actually say that you like them. And then it usually goes to shit. And they're like, oh, it's going too fast. You know, they're like, yeah. oh, you, you know, that, I've seen that on, with all genders. Um, yeah. Just opening up too much, right? Like, yeah. or at, all at once, I should say. I want all Sometimes it's just like very innocent. It's like, hey, I, we really like each other. Do you want to like, what are we calling this thing? And then the other person will like freak out. And, and then my clients would be like, well, this is why I don't fucking open up to anyone. This is why I'm not vulnerable. Or my men will open up about something and the like sometimes the other partner will be like, ew. Hmm. The dude will be like, fuck you mean ill. 
Yeah. Oh, well, you're supposed to be like the strong one. I'm supposed to be the damaged one. I'm like, why do you need to be the damaged? Like, I can't have a a bad day. Like, you can't hold me or console me. And so it leads men to just not saying anything. Uh, it's a generational thing that's passed down to. So it's a gendered thing. Right. It's also a generational thing too, because you know the old school men. That's men. What do they call it? With the greatest generation, right? It's all. Between yeah. the masculine fight wars and shit like that. And then, you know, now we got everyone talking about feelings. Yeah. I've never had a sick day. Like, all right, bro, calm down. <laughs> Motherfucker, that's why you died at 50. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> You're 45 and you look 72. Let's, <laughs> let's yeah. calm it down. Uh huh. Wait, my day we worked. Like, motherfucker, I'm still working. Working? Uh, I just don't want to work as much. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah. Like we hear those things. I hear that from my dad. I hear that from a lot of older people. I see it on Instagram or not, but social yeah. media news. Like America, we used to build things, and like I'm like, we still build things, bro. <laughs> and now we like we hurting people's feelings. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. So then that gets into a whole different thing about masculinity, right? Uh, Masculinity is not a bad thing. I got a lot of women and femme presenting people that also identify with a lot of masculine things. And it's completely fine. It's when it gets so, over into some of the negative aspects, like what he's talking about, because he's talking about like stabbing somebody. Right. Yeah. I mean, and also, let's be honest, he's in prison. So it's all a whole different thing, right? I mean, yeah. Well, there you kill or be killed. You, yeah. We don't and know, that's... but, you know, from stories that I've heard from the family, it's kill or be killed. Let's, let's be honest. Um, and, but then that's also kind of like a problem right it's like as a man i have to stab you in order to like make sure that you don't mess with me because i might not show the masculinity that you know i'm supposed to show in prison and things like that that's that's a whole other thing but at the same time that's it's a very real problem especially in prison um i also think like i have to ask like what what do you think of the kind of like movement of like all these different like social media people trying to bring back masculinity and all that stuff? Like, what do you think about like some of those people? So um, they're doing it. See, the masculinity is actually so complex. Is is what parts do they want to bring back? True. Because there's True. so many awesome things about how men used to act in good ways yeah. and how they used to treat others and stuff like that. There's a lot of mm-hmm. good qualities, but then there's also some of these bad qualities on how they treated right. others, on how they tr- mm-hmm. looked and viewed themselves. Um, so you got a lot of men out there that are saying and doing things. Or uh, what, mm-hmm. what's what's homeboy's name? And Andrew Tate, motherfucker. Andrew Tate, yeah. Andrew Tate, right? You got some of them type of cats uh, that are out there on a few things. Now maybe some of their points, like oh, it's like okay, I can see this. But then there's some things where they're kind of out there and things like that, that hyper-masculinity, that volatility. Mm. As an MMA right. person, I can see where that made you the top dog. But in reality, that's some shit that'll make you like die alone type of stuff. Right. It's going to be hard to find a partner if that's how you treat individuals. Mm. In a partnership where you don't own them. Uh, the, the type of ways I see a lot of men talk about it on social media it feels more like they want to own the individual and be and dominant. Masculinity is connected to dominance. Right. 
So if you dom same thing in the prison stuff, where if you dominate and you mm -hmm. rule, then you are the top dog and you're safe and you can look down on folks. Right. So some of that old masculinity stuff is built on dominance. It's built on carnage. It's built on mm -hmm. genocide. Uh, that is masculinity is dominance. Mm -hmm. That's what I ain't cool with. Cause that leads, it's just abuse and manipulation. I'm not cool with that. You can act as buff and cool and like as a man's man as you want. But now when we start to like people, you, you, you're hurting people right. or controlling people. That's the version of masculinity. I'm not cool with. And that's the thing, like, especially for, for myself, I always try to make sure that, you know, I know that my, my girlfriend wants like a man to be part of her life. Right. She wants, she wants a man to yep. be her partner. Right. And then that's, that's totally fair. But at the same time, I also try to make sure that we have our, we're individuals. We're not just one connected thing. We're our own selves. Because once you start making someone a possession, that's when, like you said, it gets to that, that rate, like that just ownership thing. And I don't own you and you don't own me. That's, mm -hmm. that's the way we work. That's my relationship. Um, and that's, that's why the old I think school of what masculinity used to be was owning right. individuals. Right. Which, yeah, I mean, and I just think that overall, um, I think if people just look at, and then that gets into like a whole thing, like, cause you can't even be like friends with women who have boyfriends for the most part. Cause then it's just like, Oh, you're trying to get with my woman. I'm just trying to talk. I'm like, if you're that. If you're that jealous, maybe you should take a look at yourself and be like, why am I so Freaking protective out. of this thing that doesn't really matter at the end of the day? It's like, bro, you're you're okay. No one's going to try to steal you. Even if they try to steal your girl, women, for the most part, they don't believe motherfuckers unless they just don't want to be with them. Right. Let's be real. Women are very loyal until they're not. That's how it is. And if you're that afraid of it, then maybe that's not the right girl for you. And maybe you just need to self-reflect a little bit more. Um, what's going on with you life. and why you're so insecure? I, I got a lot of a lot of insecure young men that come to me. Oh, yeah. They're like, man, my girl's going out with her homegirls, this and that. I'm freaking out. And so we'll break down why they're freaking out. Because, you know, they always say, you know, I'm scared about the other dudes because I know the other dudes are trash. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of valid because, you know, they're going to be getting hit on at the bar. They're attractive young women. Um, but like, you got to trust your girl to like handle herself. He's like, well, you know, it's hard for me to trust my girl. So what if she drinks? I'm like, if your girl's going to get super drunk and then go home with another dude, you know, uh, yeah. I had it's, a long time ago. Yeah. It's messed up. Yeah. Like that normally doesn't happen. Like if that happens, then like poor choices on them, mistakes do happen, but they probably wasn't that into you or they didn't have respect for you. Something weird's going on there. I've had it, uh, where I've had clients where, you know, their partner, doesn't matter what gender, has gotten drunk at the bar and then they were taken advantage of. And so that'll be the other partner's like worst nightmare. Uh, that'll break a relationship right, and that's up. that's terrible. That's terrible because that'll break the relationship up because they're both traumatized now. Um, right. And I've seen that. I, I mean, I've had that in my past. I'm not going to go into it because that's her story. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's it's a really tough thing. And you don't really sometimes you don't really know how to 
say certain things until it happens. And that was like one of those things that you're just like, oh my gosh, like this actually happened. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you can't really, like you don't really try to, you can't blame them. No. Because, you know, that's I've had it where some of the clients blame that individual. And I'm like, bro, you know, they didn't ask for that person to do what they did, right? They were sitting there having fun doing their thing, and then, you know, some stuff happened. That, that's right. not on them. That's the human. You be mad at that other human. Right. Right? That is, and so I have some, let's be real, men that just can't handle that. And they get yeah. mad at their partner instead of the individual or society uh, mm-hmm. that thinks it's appropriate. To, but that gets into a lot of different things where men get very uncomfortable uh, about yes. assault and what's assault and what's consent, what's not consent. Um, right. Masculinity gets pushed, especially in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, we also gendered. You know, some people, most of the people on here, our podcasts are neurodivergent folks. There's going to be a lot of folks of color that listen to us, then a lot of mm-hmm. queer folk, LGBTQ folk. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. let's if we talk about gendered, we've gendered emotions. We've gendered masculinity. Like you can be a masculine woman or femme presenting, and that's that. Like who cares? You can be feminine and still be a, a man, identify as a man. But we also feminize just being emotional and, and being kind and being supportive. True. And then yeah. we take femininity and then we turn it into derogatory terms where you're soft, you're a bitch, you're a pussy. I'm I'm sorry for saying these words. But that's the words that we label for weakness. Yeah. And so masculinity is dominance, where femininity is weakness and, and needs to be subservient. Right. And so that's why this scene is is awesome to show, because that's how a lot of us young men think. And then as we get older, have more mature conversations or have children, we're like, damn. Right. Yeah. Like, we need to change up some things because I don't want to be this piece of shit and, like, project these things onto my child because I want them to be confident and cool in who they are, open up to me. I want to have dialogue. Um, right. We feminize so many things. Uh, so many things. Uh, activities, hobbies. We feminize reading. Yeah. Right. We, we feminize. If you're not going to the gym and getting super yoked, getting yoked, bro. Yeah. And it's... This is coming from a dude that goes to the gym and lifts weights quite often. Um, right. But we we feminize cardio. Uh, we feminize theater. We feminize a lot of different things and activities because we're scared that if we show any feminine traits, and then, you know, that means that what we're a woman or we're gay. Uh, I like talking about masculinity. Uh, I work with a crap ton of athletes. And some of my voice will come to me, bro, and we start working on a lot of stuff. And it's the funniest thing. All my super masculine dudes literally just want some love. I'm like, you little punk. You just want a hug, don't you, little punk? <laughs> you little big boy. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, but I'm making a joke of it because most of them want a hug or a nurturer because their fathers or mothers were intense and derogatory or nasty or they couldn't just talk to them about their weaknesses. I got young men and women that if they cry, they get hammered for it. Right. So instead of processing all of it, they just shut it down. And they'd be like, yeah, now I ain't cried in like 15 years. I'm like, damn. 
Like, you ain't even cry when you watch Marley and me? Or when you seen Tony Stark die? You didn't cry when Tony died? <laughs> I almost did, but his his wife ruined it for me. Oh, she God. did. She was terrible. She, Bro, she's like, don't touch him. When when he died, that was tough. There's a lot of scenes. When Aunt May died uh, in the new Spider-Man. That one was tough. Yeah, if you didn't cry no, some of these tough. scenes, man, even if it's not your own stuff, there's 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 uh, there's some things going on. In saying that, yeah. so neurodivergent podcast, a lot of my neurodivergent folks are gonna hover in the middle grounds where they're not too high and like a static, and then they're gonna not mm. get too low. They're gonna be a little bit more stoic. Not everyone, uh, mm. but there's gonna be a lot of that, just kind of chill and vibing, that Colin vibe. I had a couple of humans that came in today with that same type of vibe. Um, and they're like, what's wrong with me? Am I depressed? I'm like, uh, you're not necessarily depressed. But we got to look at these small things that bring you joy. Mm-hmm. So today was about the masculinity thing, but we still wanted, it's going to be a longer pod. But yes. we're, I wanted to do three a week, but I think uh, because of my time and all that, and the doc, I think we're doing two weeks, so I'm cool with going a little bit longer because we release on Monday mm-hmm. and Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, masculinity is an interesting interesting thing to talk about uh, I'll say this last I've seen a documentary called The Mask You Wear which, or is it called The Mask You Live In it was a documentary just about masculinity mm-hmm. and you know they took all these studies they have NFL players in it they got high school kids in it and they're just talking about how you hide things how you put on a show mm-hmm. And they were talking about a lot of these young men of color. And it was intense watching them cry and break down in this group therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them were like in juvenile and shit like that. Uh, it is intense. So that's a wonderful thing to, if someone wants to watch it, I, I used to give it out to a lot of my athletes. But like now it's, no one has a fucking DVD player, so I can't give it out anymore. Here's a DVD. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this, Nas? <laughs> what do I do with this? Is this a. A bookmark? Or... <laughs> this is a coaster? What? what yeah, what is this? this? I set my beer on this? Um, <laughs> so, good scene there. The next scene. Yes. Uh, so, I'm going to lay a little bit of the foundation for the discussion there. So, like I said, I don't think that a lot of us get those overt racist things, being Mexican and Arab, myself, right? You being... Uh, mixed as well, black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our friends are uh, multiracial, black, brown. Um, yeah, not a lot of white friends for me. Yeah, honestly. And so it, those things happen, but it's usually more covert, uh, more microaggressive. Very rarely will you have someone yeah. go, "You know what, boy," and say the N word, no. and you know what, and then say some derogatory words for Arabs or Mexicans. That doesn't happen to me. No, it's more of that. Like you shouldn't go to that neighborhood. Why? It's just not great. It's not a great neighborhood. Like, cause there, cause there's crime in there. Oh yeah, a lot of crime in there, huh? Oh, I do yeah. have a slight story. Once we're okay, a little bit more into it. But yeah, we can get into that. Um, and so Stone Cold is saying the N word to get Nelly, mm-hmm. the running back, to react, to blow up. And then they can 
harm him or get him off the team, right? It's a sabotage. You mm-hmm. might see some of those things in the workplace in some more toxic places. Uh, you might see it in some of your relationships where people will egg you on or goat you into saying something. Or they'll see if you'll blow up to maybe then you'll get fired. Or You might see that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll see it in relationships where someone, they'll start a fight, a, uh, a verbal fight, and then they're, you know, they're... Uh, subconsciously hoping that there's like an altercation, then they can call the police, get you in trouble. I've seen both genders right. do that. Um, a lot of toxic things that go on. Uh, I've seen it where it's done in the classroom and the workplaces where a lot of sexism is done in this way um, mm. for both genders. But I've seen where, seen where a lot of my women are, are taken advantage or talked to in a different way compared to their counterparts or overlooked. And sometimes it's subconscious and sometimes it's conscious. I've had it where a lot of my students of color, the teachers will say things or do things or pick on them or point them out or leave them out and not acknowledge them. Those are the racist, sexist, homophobic things that we're trying to talk about. Uh, I will say these days, uh, there's still a lot of homophobic things and racist things that get said, uh, but it's usually more hush-hush. I feel like the more homophobic things with my clients are still kind of out there. Cause I have clients who's like, yeah, I was just walking down the street and someone just yelled a slur. It's like, Oh, that's nice. Right. Because we're in rural Indiana and some of my queer students are from like California, New York. And so they can be with their partners and holding hands and like, it's fine. And then you come to Indiana and it's like, what are you doing? Do what are you doing, boy? Um, yeah. And so some of my clients are feisty and they'll be like, you know what? Fuck you. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about how I don't want you to react and say that because I don't want you to die. Right, yeah. Don't, 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 don't go back into it when someone says something to you. I, I get it. I want you to stand up for yourself. Also, walking by yourself at night or with your partner at night, you know, let's, let's not do that. Let's mm-hmm. get like a little taser maybe or some pepper spray and someone messes with you, you can spray their ass, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have to teach safety, which is sad that I have to teach it, but uh, I've had it where people will say things to me. I've had it where classmates, like social work classmates, like we're talking about a topic about Arabs. Mm-hmm. I am Arab. I know many things about this topic. And the white girl was like, mm-hmm. well, no, I don't believe that. And, you know, we're going to look at, we're going to do it this way. And, you know, it's just, it, does, it just brushed me off. I literally felt like I was a fucking idiot. Uh, yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm, Arab, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like shit when this person did that. Mm-hmm. And I get that quite often because, like, I'm the jokester. And so people will brush me off and think that I'm f- just some idiot loser or, like, I have no idea about anything because I don't, I don't have to present as highly intelligent around you all the time. So people will treat me poorly at times. Um, right. I don't care if it's, like, friends or if it's playful. But when I'm trying to speak about something that I'm knowledgeable on, and then you're like, no, you're a fucking idiot. Why would I trust you? I'm like, oh, okay, so maybe it's my fault because I I play the idiot role so much. Um, but still, you shouldn't treat someone like that. No, I think that person is just very ego-driven, and so they can never be wrong. That's my personal opinion. Because yeah. I've met a lot of people like that in my life where I'm like, you know, I've... I've dealt with this before, and they're like, you don't understand. You don't get it. It's just like, I do. Maybe not in your shoes, but I get yeah. it. Maybe you should 
open up yourself a little bit, maybe, you know, hear other opinions for once. Yeah, something. It's just funny, yeah. too, because this is like a social work individual where you're supposed to be like open and woke and all that. I'm like, you're literally treating me like shit. Uh, <laughs> and I maybe you hate men and that's why you dislike me. You don't take me serious. Like, I don't know what's going on right now, but you're right. trying to your version of mansplain things to me and i'm like this is weird uh okay them splain the, yeah arab splain he's trying to arab splain to me motherfucker i live this oh um, <laughs> i know what i am yeah yeah we are they are who we thought they were it's a football reference um yeah. so that's some of the foundations of this this part of the talk um mm-hmm. What was your reaction to that scene? Because uh, you said you kind of you told me earlier like you forgot that scene was there. I remember it quite vividly uh, because yeah. I, Stone Cold was a racist piece of shit and kept saying this is how the white man does this and how the white man run the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of forgot it because it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, ha ha ha, happy happy, and then this scene comes up and it's just like brings down the whole whole movie kind of, not in a bad it way it, it just does. brings down the tone right it gets a little bit darker and you're like oh so there that's right there's this side of aka texas and the prison system so you got two things there um but yeah um that's probably one of the like saddest scenes besides like caretaker dying yep that was that was a tough one um Oh, I, I hated this. This scene made me want to vomit rewatching it. And then right. damn near like angry cry uh, when uh, the rece- oh, the receiver, the dudes, the black dudes went over to go help him at the end to pick up the books. Like you almost wanted yeah. an angry cry. Like you motherfuckers. Like why? Why do you have to do that? Why? Um, but that's one of the things, right? It's just one of the, it's just a tactic to try to get you to do something um, that makes you th- seem less human to make you seem the way they want you to see you. Right. Correct. Yeah. I like how you said that. Um, they want you to be that monster. And then when you yes. pop off, see, I told you. Yeah, I was right. It's like, what the fuck would you do? Yeah. What would you just be like, Oh, thank you, sir. See you later. <laughs> no. Um, I think that's, that's something that uh, people of color, especially um, people with darker skin than maybe both of us has to go through. Yep. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe like you said, maybe not that overt, but maybe it is. Maybe it is that overt where people just slur things at them and they just have to sit there and take it and you can't do anything. I've told you, um, I'm pretty sure I've told this story plenty of times um, on the podcast where my dad um, my mom and my dad were pulled over in California and they thought that he was like a carjacker or something like that. St- thought he stole cars and they pulled him over and they were trying to instigate the situation over and over again, calling him in the N word. Um, oh, yep. And just making like doing all like you know restraining him certain ways and um holding my mom a certain way um to make him get agitated and angry and then you know go off on them um then they saw my sister in the car who's fair complexioned like me and then they kind of just let him go and all that stuff um 
I wasn't born at the time, but it does go to that story where some people are always trying to push you, especially those with authority. They're always trying to push you into doing something that you are not, but you're going to get angry. And so that was one of those instances. I mean, my dad, I used to, like I've said before, I used to live in Edina, rich neighborhood, always pulled him over because he wasn't in the best car ever. And he was a black person. So they thought maybe something would be on him or anything like that and never did. And they look stupid every time, every time they pulled my dad over because he was black and in a white neighborhood. So one of those instances. Um, but yeah, and then yeah. even today, I dealt with one of my coworkers and I call her Care Care. That's not her name, but I'm gonna call her that. I'm gonna call her Care Care. Um, we were talking, she was like, oh, you're from Minnesota? What do you do? I'm like, what do you do here? I'm like, cause she's from another state. And I was like, well, you could go to the, you know, science museum, art museum, uh, you can go downtown. And she was like, yeah, they told me here, uh, that you're, I'm not supposed to go downtown. White woman, and I work at a kind of conservative uh, company. So the fact that they even said that is re- so ridiculous to me. Because I'm like, y'all are so scared of nothing. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, there are bad neighborhoods everywhere. And every city's bad. Every if city. you go down outside at nighttime, 10, 11 o'clock, you're going to run into some trouble. As long as you know what you want to do and how to get there, that's all you got to worry about. Yeah. That's literally all you got to worry about. You went downtown with me. Not that bad. It's not that no, bad. it was not bad at all. No. And, you know, granted, we weren't in like the worst part of the cities and stuff like that. But at the same time, why would you be going there anyways if you're just trying to find out what to do in the cities? Yeah. Like, it's not that hard. But... My point is, is that people aren't always going to have that overtness. They're going to be like, yeah, you shouldn't go there. Why? What's, what's wrong with going downtown in certain places? Like, I can have some fun, right? Well, you know, there are those those people that aren't really, you know, aren't really down with us either, you know? It's just sickening. It just it's made me thing. so pissed and to sometimes be at this company. Sometimes it's not even the damn people. <laughs> That makes sense, being pissed, and it makes sense. Sometimes it's even the fucking news. Like, I thought, like, yeah. Philly was going to be ghetto as shit and just, like, terrifying. Yes. Me and you was walking around downtown. I get it. We're big boys. But yeah. still, like, we were walking around still. downtown Philly at midnight, one in the morning, and no one yeah. was fucking with us. Everyone was chill. There's some homeless people. Like, it is what it, it is. It was such a pretty city, honestly. Awesome. Such a pretty city. I even told Nas. I was like, dude, we have to go back to Philly some point. Because yeah. it was so nice. So nice. So nice. Food was good. We literally walked that entire city late yeah. as shit at night. We walked DC, but it was downtown DC late yeah. as night. Um, and it was also after the insurrection thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't actually as busy down there because it was also COVID too. Uh, yeah, but I remember too. being scared to walk around Philly like we was gonna get jacked or like murdered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember when we went to that bookstore. And there was like legit supposedly in the hood, which that was a ghetto area. But like they Isn't made it bad. seem like you were going to get shot and killed just going in to get the book. I'm like, y'all, people, social media and the news will make so many places of color look look like war zones. 
Yeah. And I'm like, if you go there at certain times, this and that, man, you're going to be fine, man. Now, if you're a white girl, it's probably going to be a little different than being me and you and Celine walking around. It's going to be a little different because I'm fucking True. terrifying. Um, I remember because I go, I, I go on a lot of vacations. Uh, that's not like a brag. I've just been trying to travel since I got my job jobs. Remember me and Celine mm-hmm. was walking around in London and I'd be like freaked out and shit like that, you know, walking, you know, people walking next to me and shit. And it'd be the little white ladies. Uh, I'm like, why am I scared of this little ass white lady? <laughs> Back up. Back up. Yep. I'm like, damn, if I'm scared of her five foot self, I can't imagine yeah. how they see me. They're like, fuck. Why? Why, why? did I have to walk past the big one? <laughs> We're both just scared of each other. Um, and I'm going to bring something up. I'm not also not immune to this uh, internal or implicit bias or hate oh, yeah. or internalized racism. Uh, I know that when I've walked around or I've gone on vacations or taken the subway with a train or whatever, and it'll be white people, and then someone black or brown will come in, I'll be like, suspicious looking motherfuckers. I don't trust you. I don't, I don't understand why. Yeah, why you you're on, you on this bus? Uh, I'm not going to lie. That immediate implicit reaction just happened. And I think everyone should acknowledge that. That yeah. no matter what, there's some internal bells and whistles that are go, go off. And I'm like, oh, that's stupid. And then I go about and think about whatever I was doing. Uh, sometimes I'm just shocked to see people of color just in general when I'm traveling. Um, right. So it's usually not a fearful reaction. I've had it where I've taken students to Detroit. And you're like, Nas, let's walk over here. I'm like, why? Mm. I didn't ask why, but in my head, I'm like, oh, because there's like a couple black people by the bus stop. Uh, let's go con- converse. With some, yeah, let's some let's let's people. walk on the other side of the world. I'm like, oh, this is racist. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that was that was interesting. I was like, I ain't trying to say nothing right now. I just want to get to the food spot. Uh, right. Yeah. Yes, Subtle that. things. Subtle things that make you feel kind of trashy about being brown, but also it makes you think about the internalized hate you may have for yourself being mm-hmm. brown or the internalized homophobia. It could be uh, fat phobia, uh, right? I'm a big boy, but I still got a lot of hate and, dis- and dislike for being a big boy. You know, I wish I was thinner. Mm-hmm. I wish I had one of them. When them good jawline, I wish I when I touched my face it didn't do this. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that squishy face. I didn't wish I didn't turn into a fucking chipmunk. Oh, <laughs> cancel. Um, got, got that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man, it's it's intense. I think I remember I first had some internalized hate uh, when I went on vacation to Alaska, and I might have told this on the pod a while ago. I, I said this in many of my interviews and, and conferences that I, with students. Mm-hmm. Something racist like this, right? I would, I have my internal stuff about every culture, mm-hmm. race, gender. We all do. That's just the systems that we grow up in. It thinks that it helps us inform us on decisions and how to judge people. But we went to Alaska to meet Colin. I was like, man, all these some funny looking motherfuckers, man. Mm-hmm. These people look funny. And I told Colin, I said, man, they're all weird looking. He's like, yeah, they're they're natives. Mm-hmm. They're, they're native Alaskans. So they kind of, you know, they kind of look like Native Americans, but also kind of look like Filipino, you know, they kind of look Hispanic. They, they, it's a different breed. Big the bigger folks, 
leading to something. So I went into the mm-hmm. grocery store and I'm like, Colin, everyone can treat me nice and saying what's up and stuff. I see it's because you look like them. Okay. So I went home later that night and I'm like, damn, if I think that they look funny, mm-hmm. I maybe think that they look kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. That means I think that I look funny and look kind of ugly. That means I don't like myself. And that means, well, so why don't I like myself? Oh, because I'm not this symmetrical looking white boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when I started to realize that that stuff has affected me. I would have never really thought about that um, right. too deeply. And then I started traveling and I'm like, oh, interesting. That was a sad moment. Um, right. And so sometimes those racist ideals or the, the eugenics of the world where we want everyone to like look like this prototype or this body right. dysmorphia of being chiseled or a certain jawline, blue <laughs> eyes, blonde hair. Uh, you know, look like Chris Evans type of shit. Um, Which is totally ridiculous now because it's like most people are mixed race anyways. Now. Yeah, most like people, a lot mixed of people race. are and mixed also, race. Most people don't look like that unless they're godly gifted and great genetics. Like they worked really hard. They also had some good genetics. Um, they also had some incest in there too. <laughs> Jesus. I was going to say uh, steroids, <laughs> some of them personal chefs. Um too. There's there's ways on how their bodies look a little different. Uh, it's also their job to look like that. Uh, and so to hate ourselves based on these things that we see is sickening. Uh, yes. I think maybe now you understand a little bit more why I love seeing like fat brown dudes in these shows. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's it's another. It's it's like for everybody it. else. It's like when you see women in like certain comic books or you know it's like star wars or things like that it's because you're actually seeing somebody that's like you on the screen things like that representation matters it makes us feel seen and empowered listened to and i like representation for me i just want representation with people who have like actual build up who actually have a story to tell because there are a lot of people in this world that have stories to tell sure. and i th- i think we can do that and still have inclusion problem is is a lot of people try to drown in like the like i'm a woman and like like me right away it's like no i want to build up to liking you i don't you still want to story. like you right away yep. yeah i want a story even if it was like a, a a dude i don't care like if you don't build up a story to where i'm gonna why do i like cheer you? for you or even if I don't, even if I don't like you, that's the thing. If I can hate you, that's still a, an emotion I can still use. So let me have that at least, like Thanos, right? Like you're just kind of conflicted. Like, do I like him? Do I not like him? That's a great story to tell. If you had that with a woman, any character, I love it. Do it. I would say a good representation because uh, a lot of people hated her was Reva from that Star Wars. Uh, people, people hated her so much. <laughs> Everyone hated her, like, but like that's awesome character development. Like they just hate her. Uh, maybe some of the way how they wrote her towards the end, well, that was different. I'm gonna stab you, and you're still alive. Yeah, so that's a little different. But like her character and how she projected and acted in those first few scenes <laughs> and all that, like she was such a villain that you hated, and people hated her right. so much that they yeah. called her such a they called her every name in the book. Uh, for a B word all the way to the N word because they hated her so much. Right. And that's kind of the problem. That's why you really don't see a lot of like 
evil people of color because they'll just get they'll just, just get, get hella racism. racism. They're gonna yeah. go hella. They'll just get racist. You can't just like I just don't like that character at all. He's an asshole. He's just an asshole. Yeah, he's just an asshole. They're just a terrible person. They're like, you know what? No, I'm just gonna call you a bunch of horrible names, <laughs> black folk. You're yep. black. Like, all right, thanks. All right, all right. I'm noticing that. Um, I remember hating her so much. I'm sure. I guarantee you, they prepped her that she was going to get a lot of this backlash. There's no way they didn't prep. Her. I, they, I think they prep every person of color um, that does like, especially any type of character in huge franchises. They're just like, you better be ready. Especially like ready. they just um, they have uh, the Little Mermaid. Now she's going to be person of color. She's going to be black and already. <laughs> Tons of backlash. Yeah. So any character, they're always going to have that black backlash. And I think that a lot of it's unfair, but at the same time, you can't, you can't also just say like, okay, I just don't like the character. It's not because they're, you know, person of color or their gender. I just don't like the character. The character just sucks to me. That's the character. And that's yeah. also, a, but, and that's the problem though. A lot of people mix that up of saying like, you're just racist. You know, you don't really, you don't like black people. It's like, no, I just, I don't like the character. That's it. Right. Believe me. I've liked, I've, un, I haven't liked a lot of characters who are white men. And I'm just like, ugh, get away from me. I, but it's been hard time, for me to ever like the dude that played the Joker, that Joaquin Phoenix after the gladiator. I fucking hate him. Oh yeah. That's tough. That's tough. He He's just really such a hateable. piece of shit there. And I'm just like, yep. I, they, they said they ruined his career for a while because people just could not unsee that. Which is, which is like, do you think that's just an amazing character then? Do you think that's just an amazing character? It's, it's great writing so and great acting. Great writing yes. and great acting. And so we, it's very scary, though, when you have that, but then you put a black or brown person in there. Now things can get super sketchy. And with social media, like now people will come at you and they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. make threats on your life. They'll say, right. you know, sexual harassment things like it gets intense. Uh, so it's a different level of hate online. Online is so fucking terrible. It's um, not great, no. It's not great. Like some people be coming at us on the thing on the podcast and like, Jesus, yeah. you're just a terrible person. Yeah. Anonymity. So I, yes. Um, I'm telling you, man, to help hide behind that. But this internal racist stuff, man, it's a thing. Uh mm-hmm. Like even people of color will hate on people of color. Yes, that's a big thing too. Like we'll tear it down. Um, you know, like the Miss Marvel. A lot of Arab folks like really didn't like that because like there's just a lot of things that they did not. They just went against Islam and stuff like that, and they're like, "Yeah, you're no, you're not connecting it. Like you shouldn't be doing this. This is haram. This is bad." Um, did they really? I didn't know. Oh idea. yeah, no, there was yeah, there was definitely a lot of people that, that did not like. Islam talked about or her representing it um, or her being oh, more okay. open or the parents being more open and not, and they should have been more conservative oh, her okay. and the parents. So there was a backlash on that. So she was just like, that show was just getting she, it on all fronts. She was getting then. it from white folks. She was getting it from uh, Arab folk. It was, she was getting it from the comic folks. It was intense. Wow. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I but, would say Miss Marvel wasn't my cup of tea, but you know that's true. Sure. But crazy. for a lot, of, a lot of little brown Arab girls, and, yeah, and there's a lot, you know, Islam is the like number one religion now in the world. So a lot of little right, brown right. girls, that show was probably everything. Yeah, 
especially because mm. all the very toxic masculinity, and I have to be careful on how we speak with this uh, when it comes to Islam. Uh, some folks will make threats about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. They get pretty intense. Uh, but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of bad stuff uh, in, in that area. Um, and so I think it was a great show for a lot of, a lot of women. Um, really enjoyed it. That representation was good. Even if the acting was kind of bad, but you know, it's a Disney plus fucking TV show that they just pumped out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They pumped out way too many of them. Um, True. Let, let's backtrack it. Yes. I think the best way to deal with some of these, uh, therapizing these things is to making sure you do your best to regulate yourself when you go home to seek support. So let's say like I'm running a, a Latinx support group this semester. Um, mm-hmm. I've run BIPOC support groups. So that's uh, for anyone of color or indigenous backgrounds, black, brown, or indigenous. Um, but now I'm going to do a Latinx one uh, so I can get higher enrollment in that. Uh, it's a support because being in a all white school, a PWI predominantly white institution at Purdue is tough. To be in higher education where it's mostly white bodies is tough. And so these support groups or therapy groups, you're not just venting about white folk. You're talking about everything, but also the context of race and being with your people that look like you is very healthy. Um, That's also why I run autism groups, because it's an identity group. And we can be with each other. doesn't matter what race or gender, sexuality, because that was just the focus on autism. Um, We can just feel comfortable being around our people. So these support groups are wonderful things. Speaking to your friends are awesome things. Seeking mentorship from other people of color are good. So if you're struggling, like at your workplace, see if there's any groups for folks of color. See if there's anything for like women of color. Uh, See if there's anything for like gay folk, LGBTQ folk. If you're going to graduate school, like see if there's a... Lawyers of color or in women in engineering, whatever it is, try and find those identity groups to where all of you are working together towards the same goal that hold the same identity. It's a very powerful thing to have that community so where you don't feel isolated. The next thing is, is making sure that you don't pop off. Yeah. Don't like Spence talked about. They're trying to get you to act up and do something. Then they got you, you little mm-hmm. motherfucking thug. I was going to say some other slurs, but I didn't want to go there. Yeah, little thug, you. You, you little bad boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anytime I hear the word thug, I'm just like, oh, Jesus. Like, you, what the? F-? Yeah. It's, uh, it's turned in such a negative connotation. It's I mean, bad. it's always been. And, yep. But, like, it's really bad when, like, a person's just like, that thug. You're like. So you wanted to say the N-word, didn't you? Or you wanted to say yeah. something derogatory towards like Mexican folks or Hispanics and call them Mexican, didn't you? Yeah. 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 You wanted to call them poor or, or murderers, drug dealers, like that. I know what you wanted to say. Right. Um, you rarely hear white kids uh, called thugs. No. <laughs> yeah. I'd be surprised if you did. I'd be like, wow, that's new. Hmm. Yeah. Just doesn't feel right. Uh, I've never heard it. I've never heard a white kid called a thug. No. Even if they were like more urban, never heard it called a thug. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Um, so do your best to control your emotions, to calm yourself. I know a lot of us uh, of color, uh, 
different genders, identities, marginalized folks. We, we're doing this all the time. So this isn't a new thing. Do your best to intellectualize yourself and like get yourself some support afterwards. That way you can come correct later on. If you need to seek a new job, you need to seek a new job. If you need to set boundaries and limits, you need to do that. Because people are going to keep pushing and pushing and trying to use you. And so I'll work with a lot of my graduate students of color and women because uh, they're getting taken advantage of. And so there's some things that are happening and we need to set some boundaries and have some personal talks. Because people of color have, have power now. Right? You, you tell someone, you know, well, you being racist, that'll trigger someone real quick and they're going to get real defensive, but they know that they could get in trouble. And so there's a little bit of power now. Yeah. Uh, not a lot, but there's a little if you call it out. But then you have to be cautious because you could get fired, this and that. So, so that's why I said seek support, seek mentorship guidance. Um, do your best to go back home and to not let it destroy you. Uh, because I know I've done that where I'm like, well, they just think I'm a fucking idiot thug and I'll never be anything. And I'm just like some hyper masculine predator. Uh, it can wear on you. Right. Can wear on you. So make sure that you don't get very negative. Make sure you're kind to yourself. Make sure you don't believe the lies that people tell you because they'll seep into your head and, you know, it'll fuck you up. You know, you get called you're an idiot enough or you get called you're a thug or you're an addict enough or you get told you're a punk enough or soft or a woman enough or, you know, the B word enough, you'll start to believe these negative things. So, so do your best to challenge those negative thoughts when they come up and then try to seek support. That's the best I have for this. Whatever you do, if you're in a position where you're making some money, do not blow up. And whatever you do, do not touch anybody. Don't touch nobody. Don't, 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 don't push nobody. If someone stands in front of the door, you like, could I please leave? Mm -hmm. Excuse me, why do you feel the need to block the door? Well, well, what's going on? I need, I asked the permission to go. Let me go. If this is in a relationship, don't push no one into an argument now because now you're going to get a police call on you. Now you're going to get your kids taken or, right? You're going, you're going, it can lead into a lot of bad things. Don't touch anyone. Don't even think about touching anyone. You keep your hands to yourself. You put them behind your back. Uh, I've had to do this multiple times where I'm like, oh, I'm about to strangle you. Hmm. Like, like Homer and Bart Simpson. But I have to prepare people for that for a lot. Don't let that book. I know you can kick their ass. Just because you can kick right. their ass doesn't mean you need to. True. Well, no, I ain't no punk now. So I'll beat them up. I know you can beat his ass. I didn't question that. But let's use your mind. And like you said a minute ago with me, right? You said, hey, man, if you, you don't like the place. Fuck it. I'll find another place. Yeah. All right, I'm done therapizing some of those things. Uh, then we talk about race in a lot of different areas too. Uh, yeah. You got any sauce to add to it? Honestly, I think um, anybody who we've talked to today, just keep on having confidence in yourself, honestly. Um, no matter what color, what gender you are, if you're doing things and you're making moves that is going to better you and the people in your life, just remember that and doesn't matter if they if people of another race try to degrade you bring you down 
just have that self-confidence doesn't have to be like overtly out loud you can just keep it inside of your own head and just be like you know what i'm better than you and so i'm just gonna keep on moving on doing my thing because i know i'm better than you and that's all to it honestly i think that's i think that gets lost in there but at the same time have a humbleness to yourself too remember to bring yourself back down because you're not better than everybody and you're better than them in that you're not going to hurt someone and demean them that and just overall you aren't going to bring me down to a level that you think i am capable of oh yeah i'm going i'm going to be above what you think i am yep i think that's a good confidence builder right there personally in spite yes yep in spite of what you think of me i am going to rise above yes and show you and prove you wrong yes and i'm going to elevate all these other people in my life that might be black brown whatever whatever gender it doesn't matter as long as you build up the people around you gives a shit they can all go fuck themselves that's always a fun conversation when white folk would be like nah you win the good ones i'm like you won the racist ones yeah you ever seen that you ever seen that clip yet of zach and mary where he's just like where he's like uh can i have a coffee black don't you see we're having a conversation white i have seen that (laughs) yeah i have seen that yeah um a lot of good points in this a lot of more there's a million things that we could talk about when it comes to race in this clip and goading and and right uh i apologize to anyone that's going to be like insensitive to the n-word in there uh but still it's a good scene that we thought about um you know me coming from an all-black school and stuff like that um you know me having friends that have been called the n-words or me being called the n-word as well uh because they use that for arabs as well you know i've been i was kicked out of a university for people calling my friends the n-word and then i decided to act out in violence Uh, and then i hurt some people uh so that's why i said don't touch anybody don't go down the path that i went down because you don't need to get expelled and kicked out of college and then i was depressed and suicidal and shit and don't go down mm-hmm. that route. You know, don't become the monster that they want you. That I know. Don't go down that route and become the monster that they think you are. Don't do it. Don't, don't, don't give them the validation. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe did it feel good, you know, doing some of the things that I did that day? You know, yeah, but then I felt like a piece of shit too. So, you know, it's amazing. I, mean, I felt stupid. Um, I actually, I read uh, Kevin Garnett's um, well, biography. And he actually talked about an incident just like that, where white kids were, you know, talking mess about one of his friends who was black, and then he went down and did something about it. But then he got kicked out of school and then had to move to Chicago because he was in South Carolina, and they called it a hate crime. I think it was South Carolina or North. It might have been North Carolina. Yeah. Um, but either way, it was South, and he got into big trouble, and they said that he did a hate crime because he was protecting one of his friends same thing with alan iverson i believe i think alan iverson had one of the same things at like a bowling alley or something um and he got kicked out of school randy moss there's just so many people and there's a lot of people that aren't notable but um honestly it's you have to keep your cool and that's that's a hard thing to do it's a hard thing to do to bite your tongue to swallow your pride to allow someone to say something to you Yes. Uh, 
Oh, I was watching. Especially if it's like, been bubbling up. Bubbling yeah. up. I was watching Chuck and Larry, right? And then, you know, they go outside the club for a Halloween party. And then, they, you know, because yeah. it's a gay party, they said some stuff at that rally. Yeah. And he said, what'd you say? He ain't even gay. Mm-hmm. And he socked the dude in the mouth. Uh, he would have been arrested yeah. and sued. And you can't do yeah. that. You can't knock anyone out. But, you know, no. we want to. But be careful. Be cautious. For the folks that are listening to this, don't don't fall into that. Don't let that rage and anger take control of you. I want you to be better than what I was. The folks that have listened to this, be better than what I was. Uh, Mm -hmm. Most of you are going to be more smart than me and more collected than me. Most of you aren't going to be as large as me, probably. And so with that masculinity, I felt like I could take advantage of people and protect Mm -hmm. my friends. I know they don't get too mad when people say things about me, but then they tried to hurt my friends. Uh, So... That's why I posted a reel a couple weeks ago. So in the beginning of January, it was the scene uh, where the dude's like this Aztec demon uh, in Suicide Squad. And he's like, bring it. I'll show you why because he's protecting his friends. And I posted that reel because I've been in that Mm. position. People come at your friends. You're like, all right, I'm going to kill you now. Mm. Well, you just messed up, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You done called the wrong person the wrong thing. All right. So that's all, everybody. Um, Thanks for watching. Uh, Like we said before, hit that like button and follow button on all of our socials. Keep on sharing. We want that. We want you to share. Um, This has been the Different Spectrums podcast. That's Nazir. I'm Spencer. Goodbye. Peace. Deuce. Woo-woo. I'm too fat to go away. Yeah. I'm back. (laughs) I'm gone.